just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to another live episode of The Robin Callie Show, coming to you live from the talkradio.nyc studios. My name is Rob Kay, and I'm sitting here with Callie Alpert. What's up, Callie? Good evening, my dear. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah? A little revved up from the heat, a little revved up from the DNC activities of last night. Yeah, yeah. And All today? These- all these conventions going on. I think, uh, you know, whether you're Republican, Democrat, whether you're pro-Bernie, pro-Hillary, it is pretty cool that we finally nominated a woman for nomination for President of the United States. That was it, very diplomatic. Yeah, it took us a long time. I mean, uh, around the world, you know, they've been putting women in leadership roles long before us. So it's about time for that. But Amen. Anyway, welcome to the show. We have a really great show for you because tonight we have some radio mates from another show at talkradio.nyc who are going to be guests on the show. I know one of them is on the line. we got another one who's hopefully going to be on the line. If you want to call in and join the conversation tonight, the number is 877-480-4120. I love how you have that memorized and I still don't. You know, I'm surprised I do. You know, after (laughs) all the research I did in college, I'm surprised I can remember, remember numbers like that. Your brain space is all used up already? Yeah, you know, I guess it's been replenishing itself, you know, over the years. But um, anyway, tonight we do have a really great show. We're going to be talking about entrepreneurial spirit. And it's something that Callie and I really appreciate because this whole radio show and podcast has been a big business for us. Yes. A lot of times in the show, we talk about our creativity. We talk about the fluffy stuff, as people call it sometimes. We talk the about... The woo in the woo. Yeah. We, we talk about the spirituality of it all. We talk about the feelings <laughs> of it. But we're business people. And, you know, we keep track of numbers, downloads, who's listening, where we can do marketing, social media. We're, we really balance the left brain and the right brain really well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's, and it is a huge part. And I'm just sort of laughing because I'm thinking about just depending on the context in which people know me. They either just know my woo or they just know my business. Yeah. When people work with me and they see how serious I am when I'm working. Um, but at the same time that I like to keep things as sort of gentle and kind as possible. Yeah. Because I've, as I've gotten older, tried to merge those two sides of my brain. But yeah, I mean, I definitely have um, a lot of um, entrepreneurial energy inside of me. And I come from a family like that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, my um, my mom, my dad, and my sister have all been, or were, um, self-employed most of the, you know, most of their adult lives. And I have been the one that has had more jobs or contracted work or freelance work, all the while always pursuing very self-starting projects on the side. Yeah. I think here's a little digression. I mentioned to you earlier, I've been, I'm on this weird role where I'm um, purging my apartment and going through like the deep corners and annals of closets and old memento boxes and all this. And it's a very deep experience. It could be a whole show in and of itself, but I won't take you guys on that ride right now. We could talk about the old love letters. But the other thing I found are old like um, folders of my like work and creative ideas. And I realized, for better or worse, that I'm still that same person. Like I was reading these letters because I've perpetually knocked on doors. And, you know, when you have to be self-starting in creative industries and television is not the kindest, you know, um, industry. And often you have to really create your own flow in a way that you don't if you work in like the corporate world. Yeah. So I found these old like, you know, letters where I was writing to these executives when I was 21 and had no idea what I was doing, trying to get a door open for me or an idea I was trying to sell. And nothing's changed. You know, I'm still I still have that sort of parallel road always right next to me as I also, you know, continue to have my regular day jobs. Yeah. Because everyone looking for that big break or some way to make your own independence and you know create your own ride yeah and it is so cool when you empower yourself enough to take that risk and go for something like that even if you're doing it on the side while you have a day job and you're still pitching your dream or we pitched a show we were thinking about pitching a show on parole remember that years oh, that's ago right yeah yes, and yes, it's yes, like yes. we were gonna do that and it's like you know we're always thinking of new projects I know for myself with my family I come from a family of salespeople and so my grandfather was a salesman my dad was a salesman and I've been a salesman most of my life. And um, even 
I was thinking about this today. I've only had one job in my life where I got a salary and it was like the lowest salary. I couldn't even make <laughs> like pay my bills yeah. in that salary. It was yeah. my first job out of college after waiting tables and I had to go back to waiting tables at Bennigan's because I wasn't making enough at that Bennigan's, salary job. Oh my yeah. God, that's such a good Jersey reference. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It might be not. I might be. Yeah. No, chain, but, but it's, it's an old chain, yeah. but, yeah, but I've always had the kind of jobs that were sales commission, pretty much working for myself. Even if I was working for a company, I had to make my own money, get out there, be a go getter, have the drive, drive to make the money. And um, it's such a good feeling. You know, it's something I've had people say to me, well, aren't you scared working on commission? I'm like, well, no, it's like, you know, I I make my own rules and it's as much as I work, as much as I can make, you know, and I think I've transferred that too into being an entrepreneur in my own business. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things we're going to talk about in the show. Um, but one of the things that I learned a lot is when I I made this life coaching album years ago. It was my first project that I ever put together where I would be marketing for myself, really. Let's plug it, because it's really worthwhile for well, everybody to thanks. listen to. It's called You Are the Hero Coaching and Affirmations. If you want to relax, be inspired, <laughs> go to iTunes. You can download it. Thanks, Callie. And I get a commission, so there, there you go. buy away, people. That's right. Dinner after the show. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, I learned a lot about being an entrepreneur and making cold calls for myself. I was used to making telemarketing cold calls for other companies but doing for myself and getting on and saying, this is my product. I'm proud of it. And, you know, I just want to spread the word. It meant a lot. And I learned a lot of tough lessons through yeah. doing that. Mainly I needed more support, which eventually yeah. we'll get to on the show. But again, getting back to our radio show, you know, I think one of the reasons why it's been such an enjoyable process is we're doing this together. Whereas when I was pitching my album, I was doing it alone. Definitely. And even today I was on the phone. This is how much of a sales guy I am about just our stuff. And Have you and, sold me on you? Are you going to reveal something that no, I don't know about you? Yeah, you know, you know pretty much okay. everything. But as far as my entrepreneurial spirit, like I'm always carrying on business cards about our show, telling people about it. I was on the phone today with somebody at the bank. I'm like, by the way, do you listen to podcasts? She's like, yeah. And then I gave her our <laughs> website. She's like, oh, good. I'm always looking for a new podcast. So I think part of being an entrepreneur for me is always thinking, who can I tell about my business? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I also think that there, and this is what I want to get into once we introduce our, our guests this evening, is um, because I've also, as I've kind of walked both of these parallel lives between a job and the pursuit of being more self-employed, and I'm in that kind of weird no I don't want to say I was going to say sweet spot then I was going to say no man's land whatever that space is in between yeah without judging it you know they bring out different parts of your personality one has security and predictability to a degree not so much anymore because even nice gainful employment can end you know um, unexpectedly but that uh, you know insurance and um, a, a corporate culture that you go to every day and you know we're office friendships and um you know, just a, like I said, a predictability and and somehow a safety and sometimes even a little bit, I don't want to say relaxation, but um, there's less weight on your shoulders because you're, there's a responsibility, certainly, but a different kind of responsibility if you're, than if you're working for yourself, starting your own company or have other people obviously relying on you. Yeah. You know, and that one, obviously, you're not dealing with the politics and sort of the, you know, the chess game of managing yourself inside the corporate culture. Yeah. Um, but then there's the just the responsibility of other people's paychecks. There's the idea of having to do so much on your own, especially when you're starting out. There's a need for, you know, a certain sense of confidence. And like you said, solidarity. You and I have thought about this separately for years on our own, and it uh -huh. wasn't until we both committed to each other. And there's an accountability also when you have some sense of solidarity with people yeah. when you're starting a business. So Yeah. It's such a good lesson, too, because I thought about this show for years on my own. Yeah. A couple of years before you yeah. called me that day, you're like, we got to do this and we're doing it together. So there you go. So how about we introduce yeah, our guests? Let's, let's do that. So coming to you from <laughs> another show at talkradio.myc, we have two really cool people. They are entrepreneurs. They are in the 21st Century Entrepreneur Show, which is on Fridays from 12 to 1 Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to the show, JC Maldonado and Joan Pelzer. What's up, you guys? Hey guys. Hello. How's Welcome. It How's it going? Everybody's on the line there? Yep. Cool. Welcome to the show, you Welcome. guys. This is really cool. Thank Just you. having some radio mates on and, and uh, getting all your experience being entrepreneurs. So welcome. Thank you so much for having us. 
Sorry we weren't in the studio tonight. It just uh, Things got a little messed up with this weather and the traffic and everything. Well, we're happier here regardless. Yeah. And I'm going to thank you in advance because you guys are grounding us in a topic that we haven't broached yet at all in the year that we've been doing the show. And we haven't even talked about, oh, really? and nor have we talked about money, which, you know, we'll ta- which is, you know, obviously one portion of what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So God you're forbid, already, right? You're going to keep, gonna <laughs> <laughs> what's, that, what's that mean, JC? You like a little move on the pocket? <laughs> Pocket's getting deeper? I know. Profit's a bad word, right? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I remember when I was in car sales, they said profit is not a four-letter word. (laughs) (laughs) So profit is definitely good. So welcome to the show, you guys. I think let's start, you know, this whole topic, being an entrepreneur. Joan, what is being an entrepreneur to you? Um, It's actually freedom in a way to me and creativity more than I had when I was employed full-time. So... For me, I was in corporate America for a while. I also was a kind of a consultant and a freelancer for a while. And then I just kind of battened down the hatches and said, I'm going to start my own business now because I know I can help people in a different way. And so for me, it became about being more creative and more accessible to folks and being able to make the decisions on my own, giving me that freedom of you know, working where and when I wanted and with whom I wanted. Mm. And I'd like to hear a little bit. Can you, I, I'd love to hear you elaborate before we hear a little more about JC's story in terms of like, do you remember that moment when you decided and it, can you encapsulate the process? Like, was there a bunch of fear or excitement or insecurity? You know, oh what, God, what, what was totally. that headspace like for you? Yeah. So I was working, I mean, going back in time to my history, <laughs> I was in corporate America kind of left corporate America, joined the Peace Corps, went to Russia, came back, went to acting school full-time. I had an MBA, so I was able to get some consulting work, and that continued through the years. So I started acting, producing, and consulting in business and realized I had a real niche for the marketing side of the house. And then all of a sudden one day, I decided I really need to do this on my own, but it was total fear. I did not want to do it on my own. I paired up with a business partner and it just didn't work out. We just weren't in sync with where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do. And we were friends, which made it challenging. Um, And I couldn't leave, couldn't stop doing it because I was kind of scared, Callie, to do it on my own. Mm. And then all of a sudden I got support. I was working with a business coach and some colleagues and I got a lot of support and moved ahead and said, you know what, as scared as I am, I know I'm in the right path. I know I'm going in the right direction, and I just need to keep doing this. That's Joan, Joan forgot to mention that she did two years in a mental... Uh, mental uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, JC. JC, JC, I have that in my notes that you were the one who were, you were admitted to a mental award. I think I, my notes must be wrong or something. Maybe our researcher messed and, it yeah, up. Yeah, in fact, you know, we're, we're actually going to go to break. And JC, gather your thoughts, take a deep breath, because we're going to get to you next. We want to hear about your starting as an entrepreneur. You're listening to talkradio.myc. We'll be right back. And welcome back to this latest edition of the Robin Cali Show. Um, thanks for joining us. We are live on talkradio.nyc. If you'd like to join our conversation this evening about the entrepreneurial spirit and just what that process means, please call us at 877-480-4120. And we're very happy to have our two uh, radio mates um, from their amazing show, 21st Century Entrepreneur, Joan and JC. Thank you guys again for being with us. Um, and right before Thank the. <laughs> it's it's our you. pleasure. Thank you. All right. So I want to go to Mr. Deep Pockets, JC, the <laughs> unabashed <laughs> lover of all Cha-ching. things green. All things uh-huh. green. Hey, yeah, I might yeah. be a little bit of a hippie girl myself, but I love, uh, I have no issue with money and the freedom it can buy. So I just want to, you know, I just want to note that before we proceed. That's right. So um, what is what is an entrepreneur to you, JC? And how are what makes you one? Well, I have a different a different view of an entrepreneur um, that some may or may not agree with, but it's also it's based on my experience with maybe meeting thousands of business owners. Um, I actually think there's a difference between um, 
a entrepreneur and a business owner. Um, and I think a lot of people who go into business for themselves, they tend to um, be, they tend to be business owners. They own their own business. They run the business. They work in the business. They generate income from the business. They're the be all and end all. And nothing wrong with that. You know, you can be very successful as a business owner. You tend to be monogamous. You, you, uh, in that you maybe focus on one specific industry or trade for a long time, and then when you get it out out of that business, maybe you get into another business, and it's kind of like you, you know, being married, and then you get divorced, and then you get married again. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's a, it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a situation where you're monogamous to one specific business, working in the business. Being the be-all and end-all, the leader, the manager in that particular company, all the employees, the salespeople, the customers relying on you, you having typically all the risk in the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You temp- typically would self-fund uh, all the activities, or if you get a bank loan, you're the one that signs on the loan, and maybe you have a partner who's kind of like along with you, and both of you are business owners in the business. Maybe you're a solo act. Maybe you have a couple of partners, but... To me, that's a business owner. Whereas an entrepreneur is a, someone who's not as monogamous. What they're more interested in is um, developing the, stru- uh, the strategic directions of a company, developing the profit, putting people in place, putting management in place, hiring people, getting people to work for you, and then doing it again in different ventures. Whether and 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 typically, an entrepreneur, in my mind, is someone who's either investing his own capital or raising the capital and putting the venture together, kind of like an artist, so to speak. So they're they're more interested in hiring management, hiring leadership, and either investing their own capital or raising capital in uh, in in various ventures. Wouldn't be unusual for an entrepreneur to be involved in multiple businesses, maybe two, three, four, five, as much as a hundred businesses. I've I've met people who are actually involved in a hundred mm-hmm. ventures. Mm-hmm. So um, I think an entrepreneur and a business owner are two distinctive animals. So JC, okay, so it's kind of. I'm not an entrepreneur, JC. <laughs> 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 Go get him, Joan. There we go, Rob. We're starting it off. <laughs> you know, she didn't take her medication coming in. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we need to let the Robin but that's my definite know that JC and I do this all the time. JC <laughs> likes to get my goat and get me rolling, but I don't disagree that an entrepreneur is more... Uh, ingrained in multiple businesses, um, I would like to state that I am both. I am a, a no. business owner, solo entrepreneur, and an entrepreneur because I am starting other businesses and working on kind of expanding my own and getting others involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let me, let, me try to, let me try to, let me try to elaborate. Uh, now, try don't, to, JC, you know, don't backpedal. That sounded really good what you said. Multiple ventures. It's what role are you playing? Um, you know, in other words, you know, the entrepreneur is more like uh, a band director. You know, they're, they're directing and they're, they're trying to get all the uh, musicians to play in harmony. Um, and I think one of the major distinctions of an entrepreneur is someone who raises money versus, um, you know, someone who raises money or invests their own specific capital as opposed to, you know, kind of self-funding, you know, creating the business, and then you're always self-funding, self-funding, self-funding all the activity. Um, it's just, and I think maybe maybe one of the prerequisites to be an entrepreneur is to be a business owner at first, is to learn how to run a day-to-day business. I think you need that training, but that's just, again, it's just a philosophical thing. Yeah, yeah, no, thing totally. that, you yeah. Know, it's, it, it's all semantics, right? I mean, you could say a business owner is an The way the term is used, you know, uh, you could, I guess, equate a business owner and entrepreneur, but I make the distinction between the two. Right. Psychologically, the two are very, very different. Their motivations are typically very different. Um, like, for instance, the motivation of a business owner is typically to generate income. The motivation of an entrepreneur is someone who's looking to develop wealth. Very different. Um, entrepreneurs are typically not looking for a check on Friday right. or check monthly or check every two two weeks. 
they're more concerned about the stock value or the enterprise value of the company as a whole because the way they're going to make their money is when the company gets sold, not when the company, not when the products and services get sold. Right. Right. So, so it's a little bit of a different mentality, and I make the, the clear distinction. Okay. But, so, uh, JC, you know, let me I ask you a question. As far as when you a, started you know, your journey, faceted way. So I'm just, I'm just kind of describing my philosophy with it. <laughs> so as far as when you started your yeah, journey, JC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was your motivation for starting? Tell tell us about how you started to be an entrepreneur. Were you working for somebody, or had you always been working for yourself? Always working for myself, and I'd say I started as a business owner, right? Started, you know, started with a business, went out in the streets and sold, right? And then I had a partner, my brother, and he came in as a partner, and we partnered, and he had diff- we had different strengths, and we started building a business where we had employees and salespeople and people uh, working for us. So, um, but no, neither my brother or not myself. We ever we never really had a job as in our in our adult life. And just out of curiosity, when I was younger, yeah, yeah. When I was, you know, as an adult, I don't know if I'm a, an adult still, but you know. <laughs> that's not a prerequisite to be to, to become an entrepreneur. Isn't that a prerequisite to become an entrepreneur? Or that's just a technicality. <laughs> Now, I said, is it, a, is it a prerequisite to become an entrepreneur that you have to be, quote unquote, adult? But perhaps not. <laughs> perhaps not. Perhaps <laughs> not. But, but I, do think, I do think it's important to maybe, I don't think you could be an entrepreneur without being a business owner yeah. first. Okay. So, so I think you actually, ha- you actually have to be a business owner first and know what that is and be good at that. And then, and then maybe you could elevate yourself to what what I believe entrepreneurs do and get to that mentality. But a lot, listen, I know business owners that make over a million dollars a year in personal income and they never elevate to entrepreneur, but they're, they're a very, very successful business owner. Are you mm-hmm. outing my salary? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my salary. I, you know, we're, I thought we were becoming friends and we were going to keep all that between the two of us. But I digress. You know, I'd like to circle back to you, Joan, and just talk a little bit more because um, even when I think about like pursuits like Rob and I starting our podcast business or other, um, you know, I've, uh, given that I, my history has been in you know television and digital content and projects that I've started to work on that are more independently or entrepreneurially based, you know, I feel like I need to be in a certain headspace and heart space really to make that first move. You know, sometimes like your timing is more conducive, other times it's not. You might have other stuff going on in your life that makes it more difficult you might feel like you're in a more confident place or a more insecure place i'm curious for you joan if you can speak to that like do you feel like before you start your journey as a self-starting entrepreneur that you need to be in a certain heart space or headspace um yeah i i actually do callie and that's really kind of an important place to be because if you don't have the confidence you can't really sell yourself anyway um you know, for me, I was actually in a negative place when I started out, and I think that's partly why I had such trouble in the beginning. I kind of tried to talk myself into doing it, and I wasn't really believing it myself, and it took me probably almost a year mm. before I actually believed that I was a business owner and, and quote, an entrepreneur, and I moved ahead. <laughs> And it was not easy. <laughs> I'm going to keep digging on him on this one. You know that. And we're going to have a chat about this on Friday in our show. <laughs> so maybe we should be you guests know, on your point. show on Friday. <laughs> we so, can be the so we can give some feedback <laughs> yeah. about what happened. All right. So, JC, JC, I'll be your life coach and Callie will be Joan's life coach. You, you know what's interesting is when I um, when I make this distinction between a business owner and an entrepreneur, it's very interesting the ego responses you get from that. Uh-huh. Um, but but if I gave but but it's funny if I gave a uh, if I gave a psychological test to a business owner and I started asking questions about his specific values, he'll oft, he'll often answer the questions in a way that kind of dictates that he has more of the values of a business owner. I don't think one is better than the other, by the way. No, business right. owners that make way more money than entrepreneurs. So um, uh, I'm just saying that it's more a, a mentality, um, a psychology, a practice, and a profession, because I think they're actually two different professions. Do you, well, let's it's go to you. It's interesting that you should say that. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry, say that again? No, I was going to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Callie. It's interesting that JC says that because we, he and I interviewed 
two entrepreneurs last week. Um, it's a sangria company. And one of the questions we asked them was, because you're so passionate about this business, is it a business you want to sell? And if you do sell it, will you still be involved? And so for me, if, if I'm passionate about a business, I'd probably want to stay in it. Mm. But they both talked about wanting to sell eventually. Well, that's my, so, that's my point. Like, that's one of the, yeah. the, the major differences, right? For instance, remember I said a business owner is more monogamous, right? They're the, they're the one who gets tied, emotionally tied into a business, and it becomes right. like their baby, whereas an entrepreneur is a ruthless player, you know, uh, who, 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 who will build up a company. No, seriously, who will build up a company, sell it for tons of dollars, and move on to the next venture like nothing. Right. Right. So, so, the, 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 so the not everyone's built. World is really what we're not saying. everyone's built to 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 do that, and and their focus. We had this interview with this, uh, these owners of a sangria company. One of their focuses was they they were already raising money, and they're ready thinking about their exit. Yeah. And uh, when entrepreneurs build businesses, they think about the exit, whereas business owners. Uh, get too attached to their business to think about the exit. And oftentimes when they do exit, they never sell it for the amount of money they want. So there, you know, so you, just circled back to, you? you just circled back <laughs> something, JC, that's um, to like mm-hmm. um, more of, uh, you know, what Rob and I tend to talk about a lot on the show, which is the journey as opposed to the destination. So despite mm-hmm. your, your best attempts at not being so, you just got a little spiritual on us. I just want to note that. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Wait, what time is it? I'm okay, mark down the you, time and the day. outing you a little bit. So we're going to write that. We're going to we, we all bear witness JC, to that. remember that time you were spiritual? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but in the remaining, uh, we have probably just a, a minute before we go to break, and then we can come back and continue this conversation. D- is that something that, um, JC, do you think about that when your um, in, in your business dealings, do you think about being present in your process just because it's part of your journey, even if you're not using that language, or do you often think more about the destination? And we need the, sh- the short answer now, and then we can elaborate when we come back from break. I always have the end in mind, but the destination is the most important because you're enjoying the moment. You have to enjoy what you do. You have to love what you do. It shouldn't feel like work. The, the major indication or the sign that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing is if you actually feel like you're working. The minute you feel like you're working, get out. Amen, get out. Brother. Do something different. <laughs> yeah, Find maybe. something else. Where you are know, you It's, it's, it's kind of like romantic relationships, jobs. right? Yeah, there's a lot of analogies. I want to get to that. Actually, I want to dig more into that. There's a lot of anal- romantic analogies and marital analogies. We're going to get to that when we come back from the yeah. break. You're listening to, ta- <laughs> you're listening to talkradio.nyc, and we'll be right back. We are back on... We are back on the show. And the show happens we to be the ro- feedback. That's right. Feedback back. We got a little feedback in the Rob and Callie show, but that's okay. We like feedback once in a while. <laughs> exactly. You know, we get feedback whether we want <laughs> we it or do. we don't sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we say to people, you know, I get enough feedback at the station. I don't need feedback from you. That is the joke of the night. Anyway, so if you want to call in tonight, we're talking about entrepreneurial spirit. The number is 877-480-4120. We have our radio mates on, Joan and JC, from 21st Century Entrepreneur, which you can find um, at talkradio.myc, Fridays, 12 to 1 Eastern Standard Time. So get back. getting back to the conversation, JC, we were talking about sort of the fact that you know some people put their heart and soul into the business they're very passionate about it but you were talking about not getting too attached and the analogy of monogamy versus having lots of different businesses and then Callie was about mm-hmm. to talk about the analogy of relationships well I was just curious what uh, yeah. I was just curious what's coming out here I was just sort of gonna ask you a more personal question about <laughs> why why the affinity for <laughs> marital and you know relationships JC, when we're talking are, about business are you from Utah <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't. I might not be from the planet, but I have my Earth green card. <laughs> well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So, but as far as once you get your business going, whether you know it's one business you're focused on or a bunch you want to invest in, and you start getting to those challenges, those bumps in the road, those dark times where you really start to doubt that confidence that you were talking about, Joan. 
tell us what you've done along the way when you hit some of those dark times. Right. Well, well I mean, uh, well, you could go first, Joan, if you want. No, you go first, sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> Notice I called him sweetheart. Uh, dark, uh, well, dark, dark times um, are actually inevitable for entrepreneurs, business owners, people in business. They're going to be inevitable. You're going to have uh, rainy days. And um, I think the key is to know that the rainy days will come and not to get all crazy about it. I think it, you, 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 know, it, you, you probably can't get too excited or too upset. And every day is different, you know. If you had a bad day on Monday, you might have a great day on Tuesday. Don't get too crazy. Don't get too down. And don't get too up. I think what happens, people get excited. Yeah. Very easy to get excited. And I think they set themselves up for downfalls. Uh, so I actually, I'm very aware when I get often excited, I, I calm myself down. I don't get too excited. I try to relax myself. Yeah, so instead of it being like a roller coaster ride, you just tr- try and stay as even keeled as possible, have some balance in the whole journey. Try to stay level. I mean, you want to celebrate your victories. I mean, and, and you certainly should make time for that. But I think that's not what most people do. Most people are up and down. They're like yo-yos. They celebrate. When, when, something, when things are going well, they get overly excited. And then when things are going bad, they get overly depressed. Yeah. And uh, in this game, this game of business, this, it's just so easy to quickly either get very excited or very depressed. And getting very, very excited is just as dangerous as getting yeah. very depressed. Yeah. yeah. I've I, learned. So you got to keep it even. If not, you're gonna, it's going to be like a drug. And, um, you know, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, that's actually a great analogy. That's a great analogy, even for like the game of life, as it you know, a, mm. as we could call it. Just when you think about like, I remember my my shrink saying to me many many years ago, um, we were talking about something, and I was going through a really good place in my life, you know, on paper, all the circumstances, I was in love, work, money, whatever it was, everything was in a nice flow, and she said to me like dead on, she's like, you know, good stuff doesn't last forever. I'm like, you, what are you, you know, why are you saying this to me? Why are you poking such a hole in my joy right now? But it was such a valuable lesson because whether it's in business or just like in life or any circumstances, to find that kind of sweet sp- space in the middle so you're not attaching too much to the good or to the negative is a really nice level place to be. Joan, do you agree? I absolutely agree. And surprisingly, I'm agreeing with JC on something and learning <laughs> something from him mm-hmm. in his way of operating. <laughs> Lots of firsts on this but show. <laughs> Look at that. I know, right? Go figure. But no, it's true. And Callie, I... I I've had that same experience where where people have told me that. And I've been doing a lot of different things to keep myself even keeled, meditation, taking classes, doing uh, retreats and things. And it is true. I'm a different person from JC, obviously, where I'm high, strong, very dramatic. Um, You know, I come from a different place. I'm always on. So for me to keep even keeled is a lot more work. And it's, been something that through these past almost three years that I'm having this business, it's I've been highs and lows so many times, and I'm learning that the minute I start to really let the highs and lows go and just stay even keeled, it's when things work out better. Do you guys? Yeah, find- another key, another key, another key thing just to kind of build with Joan, and a lot of people realize they think that it's easier for me to stay even keeled, but I'm actually a very passionate kind of person. People don't realize that a lot of it is just learned behavior to stay even keeled. And, um, you know, one of the keys, too, is not to really have a lot of expectations. You know, all you can do is the key to managing relationships is is managing the agreements. You you really work on agreements. Come to agreement with people, and then you hold people accountable to the agreements. And then when people change the agreement or they're not following what's agreed upon, you either um, cancel the agreement or you readjust the agreement so that the relationship can continue. If, and if you look at it from that standpoint, instead of getting attached and having all these expectations and then taking it personal and then kind of relating it to this idea of trust, then that's one of the keys to staying even keeled. Just understand that, you know, someone could be your best friend for, you know, they could be like, and this is like from a terms from a business, right? They could be your manager or someone, your key person or your key uh, numbers person or your key day-to-day manager, your key salesperson, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're only good for that moment. Five years from now, that could be a different person. And, and it may not be out of in your control at all. And just understanding that is one of the ways to keep even keel. 
Yeah, yeah, that you makes know, a lot of sense. You know, they say a season, so, a reason, a lifetime. What was that, Joan? A season, a reason, a lifetime. Right. People and friends and lovers. For all different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I have a question, though, as far as like identity and, and, and maybe where some business owners or entrepreneurs get their identity wrapped up in the business and maybe overdo it where they don't enjoy the ride or the journey and they become workaholics and they just become focused on, you know, the end game instead instead of the fact that they're networking and building relationships, which I've seen you guys do and and we try and do as well. You know, have you experienced that, Joan, in your own business where maybe you were overdoing it on that end and forgetting about the fact that you're just trying to be of service and help people? You bet, Rob, all the time. I mean, I, I get heavily involved. Um, I've had to actually take a step back because I can do 24-7. And then I end up not having a life. And for a while in this past journey that I've taken with my business, I have not given myself the time off. I just, for the first time, have taken some vacation days where I really turned off for a couple of days and allowed my business to run and my people are doing their job and things are running and the world is not falling apart when I'm not there. Yeah, I think I took me this long to get to that place. And so trusting that you've got the right people in place, that you've done your job and that you're not overdoing it. You know, my clients don't expect me 24 hours a day, but when they get the responses from me on a weekend or at night, they'll continue to go that route. And I have to train them and communicate with them rather than the other way around. I think often it's a mistake, and I can, you know, I relate to this as somebody who's been, you know, a manager and overseeing departments, and um, is that, you know, you start to really define yourself, like to Rob's point, about um, by, by your accomplishments and just sort of your identity inside of this endeavor, whatever it is, whatever business or job you have. Um, I'm clumping in jobs, I know, which takes us away sort of from being an entrepreneur per se, but just, you know, anywhere where you're working really hard um, and really putting your all into it. And we start defining ourselves by that. And then we forget that really, like you said, the world's not going to fall apart and that, you know, it's it, we're actually better for ourselves and for everybody else if we take care of ourselves. It's actually very yep. counterintuitive and it becomes a little bit of a drug or a little bit of an addictive thing where you feel like that's really your definition of who you are and I think that's the reason so many people now I, I don't want to skip too far to you know to the to the doom part of this the storyline but for people that lose their businesses lose their endeavors lose their jobs when that goes when that big you know a building block gets pulled out from underneath your foundation people really crumble because they never knew who they were outside of that so the idea you know to your point Joan of like taking your time and take or taking time for yourself and really getting you know learning how to delegate and um, trusting other people and realizing that you don't have to be the be all end all and that you know the world will still continue orbiting if you're gone for a few hours or a few days right it's probably a very important yeah. lesson isn't it i want to i want to make wise. a point <laughs> yeah. i want to i want to also offer an observation um the ego is really the devil uh when you think about it right because you know there are a lot of people who really shouldn't be business owners who are better off yeah. being an employee mm -hmm. and they could be an, a great employee and do very well mm -hmm. in a particular profession or that they might be a, a great tradesperson or self-employed trade person where they have no employees they just work with clients they're an independent and then other people are built to be a business owner and then some people are built uh, to be uh, an entrepreneur the way i describe it right but what's interesting is there there are people who shouldn't be a business owner who get into business. There are business owners who try to do entrepreneurial-type activity, and they shouldn't do that either. And it's our ego that makes us divert our focus instead of focusing on where our true talents and gifts are. Mm -hmm. And it, I've always found it very interesting how people divert their focus and just don't identify who they are and don't gain pride in who they are mm -hmm. and then don't develop who they are. I think that's a major issue. I see mm -hmm. that all the time. And that's part of being, I think, an entrepreneur or even a solid business owner is to understand where people's strengths and weaknesses really lie and combat the egos of others. Try to, you know, and understand that it's not about trying to limit people, but it's about identifying talent and getting people to see where their true talents are. 
it's not unusual yeah. for someone to lose focus and on a business you know i've seen people who have great businesses and then they divert focus they start getting involved in other stuff and all of a sudden they get killed yeah it's because they they would they diverted their focus on activity that they shouldn't Mm -hmm. Uh, engage in because they misidentified themselves they misdiagnosed themselves they misdiagnosed their own strengths yeah Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, and they had to pay a big lesson to learn and i think if we spend more time really building more self-awareness then then we won't make those types of mistakes and i guess the opposite end of that spectrum is the fact that what if you do take that risk and you do stretch outside your comfort zone that we talk about on the show all the time and you do succeed and you find that you're a really good business owner and it wasn't just about ego it was the fact that you had this confidence or this passion in you where you're like i'm going to do this and i have some really good inspiration and motivation to do this and you actually succeed it's like what a great part of self-growth in that where you take the risk and then you experience the reward and get well, over that's your different, fear but then the results will then the results will speak for itself yeah well yeah. we love when results that's speak for themselves point, like that so <laughs> with that we're going to be heading to break guys uh, stick around really glad to have joan and jc right. on the show we are coming to you live from the talkradio.myc studios we'll be right back Exactly. Maybe next time you want to take. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joan's going through her grocery list on the air. She's like, "Yeah, well, I think I'm going to go to Walbaums and then." <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody, to the Robin Callie Show, and we're sitting here in the studio, laughing and singing and dancing to our uh, bumper music that we're coming out of. Um, you're listening to TalkRadio.nyc. We have the pleasure of. Joan and JC, the hosts and our radio mates from the same station. I'm the host of the 21st Century Entrepreneur. And before the break, we started talking about just um, the idea of getting past the fear, like when you sort of stretch different muscles that you might not have known you have, and then this amazing surprise comes where instead of maybe what like um, what JC was saying, you don't have to check yourself so much or um, be honest about your self-awareness but the opposite happens and that you sort of undermined or underestimated yourself and something miraculous happened and so what I'd like to ask um, maybe we'll go to JC first is you know I'm interested Uh JC in the idea of like fear in general and there's fear of failure which is a very common pervasive issue that we humans have but there's also fear of success and self-sabotage and getting in our way and I'm wondering if um, you know, if you are, <laughs> if you have any of those stories, and if you're comfortable admitting to them. Um, well, I, I, I think um, I think everybody is, is fearful of being uh, successful, and they're fear, they're fearful of being failure, being a failure. I think everybody. If, I think anyone who denies those fears is is in, in denial. Um, you know, I think one of the keys to eliminating fear is to eliminate all anger. Because usually anger and fear kind of come hand in hand. Yeah. And usually anger stems from unmet expectations. So if, you, so if you're really good at eliminating a lot of anger and negative energy within you, then fear becomes something that you know, you're usually able to control. Which is really interesting. First of all, you're getting a little Buddha on us. And, you know, from everything I know about you, I'm kind of, I just want to make sure it's still you. I just want to make sure Wait, it's, is you this didn't get J- replaced. This is J.C. Maldonado on the air, right? Maldonado. Okay. Just wanna, but no, these are really beautiful, interesting points. And, you know, he's trying to, he's speaking our language and we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but, to, you know, so to that point then, do you believe that... Um, well, this is all. This is all kind of a big question. I'm trying to figure out the easiest way to streamline it. You know, often we compartmentalize sort of our professional personality and our professional um, behavior from our personal one. The way you just suggest is that really, since we're a 360 one human being who's operating, you know, on all these different levels, that maybe it's good to get more in touch with what's going on with us on the inside emotionally so that we can get in touch with the uh, things like fear of failure and fear, fear of success. Well, well I've noticed if, you, if people who are fearful of their ultimate successful self, are, are, in a weird way, are usually angry at that self. Yeah. And they're, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're also angry at the person that fears becoming that person as well. So what do you, can you relate to this? Is Jason getting fluffy on me? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit. But, I, I've, you know, in my business of psychology, I've dealt with a lot of people, and, and I see 
people not taking the next steps, people not taking the next risk, you know, following sound advice. I've seen business owners sabotage themselves. I've seen business owners get into personal drama in the midst of business growth. You know, I've seen it. I've, I've, so, I, so it, you know, it's always behooved me to study this stuff because I always wanted to have more awareness of how entrepreneurs and business owners operate since that's my world. And that's who mm-hmm. I part, partner with and who, that's who I work with. Right, mm-hmm. right. Joan, have you experienced that yourself, like coming, you know, confronting your fear of success with your own business? Oh, totally. It's actually one of the biggest things I'm working on right now is more fear of success than fear of failure, really. Yeah. Because fear of failure is kind of right there, and you know it can happen in a second. Fear of success is is a different part of the brain to me, at least. Um you know, JC and I talk about money all the time, and we talk about getting it, keeping it, how do you deal with it when you get it, mm-hmm. and it changes things. So, um, yeah, so to, a long answer to what should have been a short question. Um, I'm not wordy or anything, am I? <laughs> but, yes, it's fear of more fear of success than I think fear of failure mm-hmm. and not disappointing the people that I'm working with so that they can be successful, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I've experienced say, though, both. I've experienced the- both. You know, pretty equally. It's just, but I think the cause to me, like I said, is is um, the anger part. You know, although I'm not an angry person, but it, it's still something that everybody has to deal with. And people also have to focus on getting rid of the past because at the end of the day, most of the time, people let the past affect them. And that's what sometimes mm-hmm. keeps them from trying new ideas or trying new growth strategies or trying to take the next steps. They use mm-hmm. the past as a way to, you know, as, as kind of like their excuse not to prosper. Right. So the, the past also yeah. becomes, you know, the foundation of all anger and all fear. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, what I, that's what I find with people. I've failed a couple of times in the almost three years that I've started this business. I stopped working with clients a couple of different times. I took them on for the wrong reasons, and it just wasn't a fit. And I thought of myself as a failure when I lost them or stopped working with them. And yet I had to stop and go, you know what, if I keep that mindset, I'm not going to be able to get new clients that I'm supposed to work with. I was just going after the wrong ones and saying yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And now I realize that, and I can move ahead. So, so Joan, I'm curious. I'd love to circle back a little and hear a little bit more about where you think fear of success comes from and why you think it's so pervasive. Because, right, failure failure is an easier one to understand on a lot of levels. But fear of success and the idea of sabotaging all the things that we supposedly say we're dreaming of and all the you know things we're trying to achieve. Where do you think that comes from? Like for you, personally. From- for me, and I've been working on this actually, so um, it comes from the fact that I don't want to feel I'm moving away from what I am or who I am or the people in my life, and I don't want to feel like I'm advancing and leaving something else behind. So yeah. for me, it's, it's easier almost to depend on people when you have the fear of failure there and you're failing and you are still in that same world with the same people and with the same uh, situation you were in before. And when you've got the success coming, things do change and it can change you. And that made me scared until I realized it's actually going to help the folks around me, including the people that work with me, including my clients. If I win, we all win. Yeah. It just was really for me a shift in how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And the shift in what I could do if I was successful as opposed to what I can't do if I'm failing. Yeah, yeah. And Joan, you actually bring up a really good point because we talk about support, you know, that it's not supposed to be a solo journey. And, you know, whether you get support with a therapist, whether you get it from a life coach, whether you get it from a business partner or networking group, it's getting that support so people can help you maybe see the spots that you can't see or where you're sabotaging yourself. I want to get back to something you talked about, which is when you were chasing those difficult clients and you weren't making a space for easier clients to come in. And I remember um, 
I was working in car sales and we, we used to say you make the most money off the easiest customers and it's like the most difficult customers you make no commission on and it's like I learned in my own life that I was sort of repeating patterns in my own life of trying to be the warrior and I'm going to get this sale and they may be the toughest customer but I'm going to do this or or it's just going to be difficult but I'll eventually win and it's like I didn't have to do that and I've learned that just in general in life as far as friends relationships business yeah. it's like life can be easier yeah. Than maybe what we knew in the past, and that's what I was to that Can point I too. I was gonna, right I was gonna say that um, I am taking time for myself, taking time for friends and family, and not going so crazy and overboard for every single thing I do. And more is coming to me. I think, and that's, and it's amazing. That's an an important point to make too. And you know, circling back to even what Rob said earlier, I do think a lot of this has to do with um, what you deserve. You know, I'm going to quote Sarah Silverman. Actually, I think did she say this last night during the? Uh, maybe it was during an interview after she did her um, her speech at the DNC last night, um, or it was during her speech. But either way, she said, you know, that her shrink had once taught her that you don't get what you want; you get what you think you deserve. And so yeah. that really, to me, is one of these underlying themes and all that we're talking about when it comes to fear of success, finding support, stretching your muscles, realizing that it can be easy, that you can make the most money from the people that you're the most aligned with that are the easiest. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be hard. And I think a lot of us learn very early on. Yeah. Somehow that things have to be hard or if it's not hard, it's not well earned. It's not. Yeah. It's not well won. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily totally have to be. But you case. usually, you usually get, from my standpoint, you usually get what you negotiate. In what? what of course, he's bringing yeah. the business part of it in. Okay, I, th- I wasn't well, sure if that no, was a I think in general, or if that was a even more. in general. I think in it's not even what you deserve; it's what you negotiate. At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, you could deserve everything you want, but if you don't take action and negotiate what you want, you're not getting it. That's yeah, true. Well, you know what? I, and too. I'm I'm going to negotiate the end of this show because we're coming up in the last couple of minutes. So yeah. one of the things we try and do, guys, is we try and have a takeaway for our listeners. So Joan and then JC, if you can give us one takeaway for somebody who's thinking about starting a business, being an entrepreneur, taking that risk, or maybe they're doing it and they're going through a tough time, just one piece of advice that you can give to them, Joan. What's that? I absolutely think that if you have any desire to do it, just start. Do something and be authentic while you're doing it and don't lie to yourself about it. Great. Great. Very good advice. Nice advice. And JC, what about you? Uh, understand that being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, being in business for yourself, even being self-employed, all requires at the end of the day skills. So you have to study and understand the skills that are necessary to get there and totally focus on on developing those skills. And if there are skills that you don't have, you surround yourself with people who do have them. But Mm -hmm. it's all about skills. Everything else sometimes, you know, and I understand that we all want to make this more of a mental exercise than what it is. And there is a part that is mental. But without the skills, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Okay. No, that's good advice. All right. Quickly, guys, how can people get a hold of you, get in touch with you? You want me to do that, JC? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So we were tweeting you all tonight. We tweet live every Friday, and they can reach us through the handle at 21stCE Radio, 21stCE Radio. And they can listen every Friday at 1 o'clock. And, uh, JC, you want to talk about your side of the house with BizGrow? BizGrow Partners. Uh, website is www.bizgrowpartners.com. That's B-I-Z-G-R-O-P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S.com. My email is jc at bizgrowpartners.com. And I'm wondering, when will this podcast be brought out? Can I listen to myself in the middle of the night? You know, <laughs> we'll get you. We'll, we'll give you the information after the show. We're going to wrap it up right now. Come on. Uh, as for us, I want to feed my ego and get up in the morning. As, yeah. for, as for us, <laughs> we're going to cut everyone's ego off in about thirty seconds. That's right. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you both so much for joining us. It's really been a pleasure to um, to hear you um, and your insights. Thank you. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us, the Robin Kelly Show, on Facebook, Twitter. Snapchat. I'm still learning. What else? That's about it. Uh, And that's it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Thanks, everybody. Take care, y'all.